It's been a ride. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Now, some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. You can try and read my lyrics off of this paper before I lay them But you won't take the sting out these words before I say them Cause ain't no way I'm gonna let you stop me from causing man When I say I'm gonna do something, I do it I don't give a damn what you think I'm doing this for me So fuck the world, feed it beans It's gassed up, everything's just stopping me I'm gonna be what I set out to be Without a doubt, undoubtedly And all those who look down on me I'm tearing down your balcony No if fans of us don't try to ask him why How can he? From infinite down to the last relaxed album He's still shitting Whether he's on salary Paid hourly until he piles out Or he shit just piles out of him Whichever comes first For better or worse He's married to the game Like a fuck you for Christmas His gift is a curse Forget the earth He's got the earth To pull his dick from the dirt And fuck the whole universe I'm not afraid I'm not afraid To take a stand Take a stand Everybody Everybody Come take my hand Come take my hand We'll walk this road together Through the storm Whatever weather Cold or warm Let me know that you're not alone I'll love if you feel like you and cut the crap I shouldn't have to rhyme these words in the rhythm for you to know it's a rap you said you was king you lied through your teeth for that fuck your feelings instead of kidding crown your kitten cap and to the fans I'll never let you down again I'm back I promise to never go back on that promise in fact let's be honest at last we last CD was there perhaps I ran them accents into the ground relax I ain't going back to that now all I'm trying to say is get back click back clap cause I ain't playing around it's a game called circle and I don't know how I'm way too up to back down But I think I'm still trying to figure this crap out Thought I had it mapped out, but I guess I didn't This fucking black cloud still follows me around But it's time to exercise these demons These motherfuckers are doing jumping jacks now I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid To take a stand, take a stand Everybody, everybody Come take my hand, come take my hand We'll walk this road together Through the storm, whatever weather Cold or warm Come back a brand new me, you helped see me through And don't even realize what you did Believe me, you, I've been through the ringer But they can do little to the middle finger I think I got a tear in my eye I feel like the king of my world Haters can make like bees when no stingers and drop dead No more beef flingers, no more trauma from now on I promise to focus solely on handling my responsibilities as a father So I solemnly swear to always treat this roof like my daughters and raise it You couldn't lift a single single on it Cause the way I feel, I'm strong enough to go to the club or the corner pub And lift the whole liquor counter up Cause I'm raising the bar I shoot for the moon, but I'm too busy gazing at stars I feel amazing and I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to take a stand, take a stand Everybody, everybody Come take my hand, come take my hand We'll walk this road together Through the storm, whatever weather Cold or warm Just let me know that you're not alone. All I 
That was Eminem. I'm not afraid. <clears throat> We're just eating our dinners right now. <laughs> Sorry. I was literally in my car, like, oh my God, that spoke so well to me yesterday, just staring up at the beautiful sky. Mm. This is how I feel. This is exactly yes. how I feel. Yes. I love that. I love that. I think it's like, we were talking about this actually in the other conversation as well, but it's just like, I'm not going to go down without fighting. You know, it's just like, I am not going to be in fear doing what it is that I do. I would rather be doing what it is that I do just at the end of the day, afraid. But what is the difference between fear and courage is that you're still doing it when you're courageous, you know, like, and it's just like, it may not be easy, but it's not meant to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Mm -hmm. And like, we live a world, we live in a world where unfortunately we need more people doing it. Um, but if, you know, I think that's the part where like when someone sees someone doing it, it just creates an easier path, a model for someone else to go like, Hey, like it's possible for that person. It's possible for me. Like, it's just that mm -hmm. much more possible. So. And I think um, along, because along this whole road, there's <clears throat> emotions are just up and down and we'll have one minute where I'm like, I got this, I got this. And then the Indian, the NNO will not endorse me. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have this. What am I doing? Why am I here? And then you get the firefighter endorsement and you're like, wait, no, I'm great. <laughs> is this going on? So it's just this up and down roller coaster. And I was thinking, you know, what am I going to say to my daughters, whether or not, you know, it doesn't matter whether I win or not. That's the message I keep telling them. And I have them look at Stacey Abrams, you know, right. and if I don't, that's okay. Like the world doesn't crumble if I don't win and I'm going to still be doing the same things. So I'm still going to be a pain in their ass. I'm still going to be there every two weeks. So really nothing changes if I don't win. If I win, then hopefully we can bring us to it, to a new, more community minded governing, you know, ho hopefully. So right. it's been fun. I'm ready for it to be over. Right. Yeah, I know. I know everyone is. Um, even for the people that we don't want in office, they also want it to be over because it's not. It's a it's a game that was never meant to have <laughs> never meant to be fun. Um, <laughs> and we are all just exhausted from it. Like it is. Like you were saying, like a lot of that up and down, like I've been processing and obviously I'm not running, but mm -hmm. I am still very tapped into the energy of everything that's going on. And like personally, today I was thinking on my way back from volunteering at the polls where I was just like, dang, like it's such a necessary thing for people to under to know oh how to what I said. Oh, my God. Yes. To all yeah. Yes to tap out as well mm. when you are done, like Ooh. to know when to just leave that shit where it was. And mm. like, like driving away, I was like, maybe I should process like some of the interact. I was like, no, like you were there, you were present. And then now like that's over and don't internalize it. And oh. I have a tendency to internalize a lot of things that come up in my life. And I've been practicing excuse me, I've been practicing more like, don't 
you know, just don't think more about it. Don't, I'm very deep person, but sometimes I need to be less deep and like not let it affect me. I left, it's over, out, you know? If you master that, I need you to teach a master class. <laughs> I oh, yes. And that is oh, something yeah. I'm like, I, I ugh, as much as I tell myself, stop, stop, stop. I can't. It's hard. It is very, very hard. And part of this world has been built where it kind of wants us to internalize a lot of these things so that we're exhausted. So that, you know, yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Mm. So what are you eating? <laughs> I made brown rice, broccoli with ginger. Oh. And then for my more, I guess, protein, I just made egg with red onion and chives. And then I am drinking some <laughs> veggie broth mm. that I made with carrot, celery, onion, chive, um, some basil. It's like... Mm the fifth day of this broth. So it's definitely like not as strong anymore, but I just wanted like hot liquid in my body. <laughs> Man, I should have come over today. That sounds great. I'm eating chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having chicken I'm eggs, though. <laughs> I'm jealous. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I know that's why I was like, you should come over. But then I was like, with me volunteering today, like I would not have had time to like, yeah, really go into a whole meal. But that's the other thing is like with me creating this production and all of this um, just work, like part of it is like rebranding Just Gilded Cages to just good vibes, good food, good people. And like, I want to have people like in the room enjoying food. Like that's what we did in the last recording. And it was just so like, mm, you know, like so wholesome and just like, it just, there's no words. There's no way I can label any of that. It's just beautiful community. And like, at the end of the day, this is where I know whether or not the people I want to win, win. We will be together and we will do things together. And it will just be so much more powerful than being in the seat that gives you that title. Mm. Like at the end of the day, with you in the seat, with people in the seat that I want in the seat, we're still going to be working in tandem with each other. And we just, I think this election has really brought me into like a headspace of like, all right, like obviously in essence, I want y'all to win, but mm -hmm. also reminding everyone that like, we're still winning, like regardless mm -hmm. of the fact that we've had this title or have this seat, like we're still going to be doing our thing. We are still people that, no matter what title we have, we'll be out there engaging with people, like expanding our communities, all of that. And so I'm excited for what's to come, whether or not, you know, the people that we want, that I want, win or lose or whatever, it's not really a loss because we've also gotten more just, I don't know, closer together in a sense from, from just being in this together, you know? Oh my God. And <clears throat> I don't know because I've never run before. Um, I don't know how other election cycles go, but the fact that I know on a personal level almost all of the candidates, and we've been there for we have these conversations where we meet on a, on a Google or not Google on a Zoom chat just to talk about issues. 
It's not about the campaign. We're talking about, tell me about affordable housing. There are right. so many things that I don't know that I can't right. pretend to know because then you see straight through that, right? right. And um, to be able to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations and not even just one-on-one, -on -one, it's like a group of us. Right, right. It feels so good. Like I'm like, mm -hmm. I want your success. I want that. I want everyone's success. And beyond that, I want Raleigh's success and whatever they believe that means. You know, it's not me trying to push my agenda to say, oh, it has to be this way. Like, no, I'd like a chance. I'd like an opportunity. But if Raleigh doesn't pick me and they pick the opponent, then that's what the majority of Raleigh wants. Right. Cool. I'm not going to silence my voice. I'm still going to say, I still don't like it. <laughs> I right. still was this way. But this is, I think in my head, as you, you know, you grow up and you go through these election cycles, it's this win or lose. Like those are the only two options. Right. And it's so right. much bigger than that. Yeah. And when you don't, when you're not part of that deep conversation with people who you don't agree with, you know, who you are like, wait, we're not really on the same page on every single issue, but I can respect that. And we can have this conversation with that respect. It's so gone in the rest of society. Yes. So that that's the thing. Going. Like we live in the, in this country where like, there are so many people with so many differing views. Like we need to figure out how to just exist with each other listen have these challenging conversations like be mm -hmm. open to expanding past what we know mm -hmm. i know there are people who don't mm -hmm. and i also know that for my own health sometimes i have to be like all right if you don't want to do it now like i'm not going to expect you to do it later while i know you probably have the potential and i want that for you but for my own sanity mm -hmm. i just can't enter in certain conversations mm -hmm. um also I'm bringing in Joshua Bradley as well. Oh, he's here. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Hey. Hi, Josh. Hey, Karant. How's everybody? How are you? How's work? Yeah, well, how's work? I just walked out of the door, so <laughs> I can't stay too long because I, I told Karen I would take her to, to Target tonight, so I've got to do that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> We're just chatting. We just I we, we played Eminem. Um, I'm not afraid to, in to intro into this, so it was great. <laughs> yummy eating dinner conversation. Awesome. Awesome. No so, Chumbawamba, though? Hmm? No Chumbawamba, though, please? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have you eaten yet, Josh? Uh, no. I had lunch. <gasps> I mean, I'm not going to starve anytime soon. I'm going to throw that out there. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in any danger. I'm not feeling at all peckish or anything. I'm, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> all right. So what I miss? No. Mm, just okay. us talking about how no matter if the people that we want in these seats get them or not, that this thing is still going to be happening. We're still going to be doing what we're doing. And then now we're going to be tighter than ever. And that can never be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Indeed. I was saying, I was just saying, like, I've never been in an election before, but the camaraderie and the just the the friendships that I've developed with the candidates, you know, you specifically, um, and Wanda and Portia and everybody has been amazing. You know, the fact that we, you led all these meetings where we would talk and we would just talk about our opinions on things. Uh, I'd never even thought that was possible in an election. And you made it possible. So it's been 
a really awesome ride. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just I, I picked the, the candidates that I knew were running that I liked and invited them on and then tried to add other people as they joined uh, just because I've done it again. I've done it before mm-hmm. and uh, I was hoping to my mistakes from the previous election would help y'all not make them again. <laughs> Did you do the same thing in the last election? No, no. I, I mean, I didn't. In the last election, I didn't do anything until I'd filed. Like, and so I was like constantly behind. I mean, I had a pretty good relationship with Sam Hershey, who I was running against. And we would make sure we were both show up, try to get to forums and stuff. And I think, and, and I like, I like Sam. I'm not going to lie. I did vote for him uh, for school board. Um, uh, I don't think we're on the same page on everything, but. Uh, he answered all my questions correctly. Uh, so, uh, but when we ran against each other, I swear I pulled him to the left a little bit. But, uh, uh, but we had a, we had we we had a really good relationship. I think uh, on the thing. I think I was kind of there because, like, he, like who was it? Damon Chetson said that to me too after forum. He said, "Well, if people call me too liberal, they can I can just point to you." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, don't call me a liberal, but I'm certainly <laughs> left. Uh, so, uh, it was interesting stuff. Yeah, I think, I think the slate of candidates that that I'm personally support personally supporting, I think, have a pretty good chance. Uh, I, I honestly do. Uh, We'll see how it works out. Um, I mean, I know I'm an activist. I know, uh, Christina, you're, you've been an activist uh, 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 for a long, long time. So, I mean, of course, we're going we're gonna to still be, if they reelect the entire slate of the pro-development, uh, you know, group that's running at things now and their chosen replacements, then it's just going to mean we only have to show up on Mondays or, <laughs> you know, or... Instead of three days a week or what? Right. (laughs) Right. And how do you feel? I feel like this is such a, I mean, I know it's a big election, of course, but it's so different because of the move. And there's so much we don't know. You know, like we can, I've had people, advisors, you know, whatever, tell me, oh, we do this, this, this. And I'm like, yeah, but every election that you have done this in, it has been for a municipal election that has had a turnout that is minuscule. So the amount of people that are going to vote here there's a huge portion of that that i have no idea what they're going to do i have no idea so i don't know how do you feel about that yeah well i i've got mixed feelings about it i mean ideally the the problem with moving i i I obviously want everybody to vote right Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh municipal elections weren't well attended but they weren't well advertised either i mean it was kind of low-key out there uh the the problem with moving it uh to even your elections is it, it that's a long ballot right like mm-hmm. in and at least in a municipal election the people that vote would actually in theory do some research right and i'm not saying that they don't now i'm just saying that right now we've got a senate race we have a lot of uh state state house races we have um judges we have you know all these bonds we've got a whole lot of stuff on the ballot and and city council uh, should i think 
be one of the most important races you can do because as city council, we can affect how people live their day-to-day lives probably more so than the general assembly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, and I don't have a lot of faith in either party when it comes to the Senate, like it could be worse, but I, I, it's, it's, I mean, nothing's changed, really changed for the better in a while. So, but with the city council, the city council doesn't have a lot of power in itself, but it has a lot of the, it has the ability to impact, you know, people locally and, and daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the others, I'm not saying aren't important. I'm just saying that the fact that we're kind of way down at the bottom of the ballot, even though that city council has a potential to have a good or bad effect on your life, um, mm-hmm. is kind of, it, it's kind of rough, right? Like, <clears throat> Like how many affordable house, affordable housing units? I mean, and I'm talking about workforce housing. Like, mm-hmm. low cost housing has disappeared in the last three years, right? <laughs> like, yeah, twelve thousand units. Oh, for sure. And that's <laughs> where I mean, I'm not saying it's good or bad because I, I, it's got the pros and cons of being moved to here to this time. But the unknown is really what I'm like. God, I just wish I. There's no data there. You know, people can say, oh, I have data. You don't have data from this because this is never th- nothing we've ever done before. So none of us can even pretend that people go, oh, do you have any insights to the election? And I'm like, no, no, I have no. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just ready for it to be over. Are you ready, Josh? <laughs> uh, Well, I mean, I know tomorrow I'm planning up at getting up at seven, going to do some poll greeting and then going to the, the March for the Unhoused that's mm-hmm. happening downtown. Yeah. And then going back and poll grading. And then there's a Green Party event that's happening right after that. And then at some point, I've got to sneak into work and get a little work done. And then on Sunday, uh, there's something happening in the morning. And then I've got uh, the last like official campaign meeting that we have. And then we're going to go up uh, Sunday night and put up signs at mm-hmm. all the polling precincts. And then... What is then, that? You have 200, no, 100. How many precincts do you have to set up at? Uh, yeah, like 109 or something. I mean, it's a ungodly amount. I don't know if we'll be able to cover them all. I think we have enough signs, but I, I don't, I just don't know if we have the time to do it. Like, yeah, thankfully uh, I only have 23, but I'm pulling up signs and just moving them because I don't, I don't, I have like nine. Yeah, no, I've got I've got another two. I I spent more on signs than I've in this election than I've printed than I've than I did last. I, I think I got uh, two hundred and fifty signs and when I ran for A in twenty nineteen, and I've ordered a thousand now, which was a big chunk of my budget. But but you did. I see your name everywhere. You did a great job with that. Yeah, I do I, see you everywhere. Yes. I wish I could take the credit for that. That that is totally <laughs> the campaign collective. I've put some out, but as you as you know, Christina, there's a whole lot going on for candidates too, uh, and I'm just appreciative that I've got a good core campaign collective that will help move that yeah. that forward. So, uh, so I think we've got a. I think some of us have better chances than others, but I think that we've I think we've all got a pretty good chance of the people that I want to win. Is who I'm saying, like mm-hmm. right. <laughs> have a decent chance, uh, probably the best chance we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean we'll all win, but if we can get a majority <laughs> on the council, then it won't matter. If mm-hmm. we can get 
ju- if we can get three on the council, there can be some hard negotiating. If there's two on the council, that's extra shaming. One on the council, a whole lot of shaming. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, whoever wins this election, I think the first year in office is going to show what, you know, what they're thinking about. And, uh, you know, and we'll just have to to see whoever it is. Cause even if it's somebody that I like and they get up and do something that's just terrible, I'm going to call them on it. Just like I expect if I get elected and I do something really dumb and I hope people call me on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think from the <coughs> candidates, not the incumbents from the candidates, I think we all feel that way. Like, yeah. Say something that I can change my mind. And that's really what I go into whenever I have a discussion with somebody. I'm like, look, I have an opinion, but change my mind. That's that's what this conversation is about. I want to hear your thoughts because maybe I can see something that I'm wrong. So I really feel like that is the mentality of the the, the candidates, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and it's nice to have some people that actually do a job of work running for city council, other than like, no offense to lawyers and mm-hmm. and people that work at nonprofits. I'm sure they do important work, but they tend to have a more flexible schedule if they've been hired because they're city councilors than most of us that do a job to, you know, pay the bills. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and 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 something I want to discuss with with, with both of y'all, Tammy. I think that's you. I can bear. My eyes are bad. Uh, I'm getting old. Uh, but to discuss with both of y'all is. Do y'all think that they gave the raise to the city council? And there's some people that are offended by that. I don't think they raised it enough, personally. And I'll tell you why. Because if we want workers and we want regular people to run for, for government, and I think we should because we need people on the ground that have lived experience yes. that can tell people what they do it. You need to pay people enough to live. Right. And $40,000 isn't enough to live. So when it comes down to it, like, I wanted it to be full-time, but I just don't know if I can pay the bills and do that. So I'm going to have to work a couple of days a week that's taken me away from the constituents. Because we as counselors, when we have time, should be out amongst the people and mm-hmm. listening to the concerns of the people. Right. And it's, that's the problem with the NCGA. They get paid $14,000 a year, but nobody's going to hire you and give you a job that only works six months a year. And then the rest right. will make up for that. $14,000 a year thing. So then right. consequently in the general assembly, we've got a whole lot of people that are so divorced from reality because they're all, they have tons of money, whether they did it because of their careers or whether they did it for inherited wealth or that, mm-hmm. that they've lost their money. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so, you know, I, I, so it's weird when people criticize that they gave themselves a raise. I, I don't think they gave them enough. I mean, there's a lot of lot of ways to come at this current council, but other than I don't think they raised it enough to make it really feasible for somebody that it will be their you know job to do right. to be able to do it exclusively. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that I, I you have to be privileged to be able to work a job that at before they do the raise was seventeen thousand dollars a year. You know, and I think this, I was talking to Tammy about it before you logged on, but the Indy, um, in their second article, 
where they referenced my my specific council race, they were like, it is commendable or something to that, those words. It is commendable that David Knight gave up a six figure job to do be a counselor. And I was like, uh... what? He lives in a $2 million house. You're acting like he's a pauper because of this? Like, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a difference between someone who does not clearly have a legacy of generational wealth to tap into doing the right thing to honestly probably counter all the issues in their legacy for them to have gotten that level of wealth versus someone. Wait, did I mix that up? I meant to say it's different for someone basically with not a lot of money coming into this versus someone with a lot of money who most likely came from a legacy of a lot of issues that got them that much money. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, no. Oh, no. Where did she go? <laughs> but yes, I am with you. Like, the one thing that people don't need to go for is just people getting more money in a position like that. However, I understand maybe specifically this crew of people who from what I know are all pretty wealthy on their own and don't really need the wealth coming from this position. Um, that's a little different in my book. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we would need to do is make it a place that working people can go. And if some rich right. people get in there, it doesn't overall doesn't affect overall. You know what I'm saying? That Like, the city budget, the difference between paying everybody $30,000 a year on the council and $70,000 a year is, you know, like a hundred thousand, you know, less than a hundred thousand dollars. And then a 1.1 billion budget, that's not a big deal, you know? Right. So, right. so I, I just think that I, I obviously don't want to reward the reward the bourgeois with any extra funds. But when it comes down to it, I think that, if we want to get real working class people into the position, we need to pay right. the, We need to make it full time to where that's what we do. We get out in the community and listen to the needs of the people that live in the city. Cause which is what we should, what city council, like engagement is so important if you really want to run the city, unless you're running out like a business and then you're just exploiting people. Um, right. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I think that by making it the 38,000 at a part-time level, the next step being making it full-time makes that jump to a livable wage possible, you know, cause you, right. you can't do full-time at 38. So it would have to go up once it moves to full-time. Oh yeah. No, I mean, at least pay 80% of AMI, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that part. <laughs> yes. But. Yeah. And like the other part of it is like, we know that it's a full-time job whether or not it's considered half or full. Like it's uh, more than full-time. It's technically an overtime job because there's so little of civic engagement. There's so little, like obviously we're in it. So like, I'm not trying to diminish what we do, mm -hmm. but overall, like ratio wise, yeah, there isn't enough people. And if, you know, like I'm going to be positive, I'm always looking for the silver lining if getting $40,000 into current city council uh, members like pockets, if getting 40K in versus 17K in means that they take less money from 
people we don't need money from like, okay, great. Like that is at the end of the day, a decent shift towards something that's better. Like not to say that that's exactly what's going to happen, but at least that does mean like even someone like these bougie people working these positions, they need less money from a developer. They need less money from people who will buy their way into whatever, whatever. So in that essence, my silver lining, I feel like is no matter what, yes, it helps get more folks who are working class in, but it also may help people who are not working class and have a lot of money to not, not depend on like, I guess, bad money. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and another thing to think about is if we get enough people on the council, we can do what we can to push publicly funding elections. Right. Right. Mm. And yep. that where you you're when you when you're running, it's not who much who can raise the most money. Right. It's going to be this is what people believe in, which which candidate aligns with your values. And I think that's what happened last time. I mean, I mean, they're throwing a ton of money into city council races and the people that are throwing a ton of money are the people that could benefit, a.k.a. the developers and the apartment people. Right. And, you know, I, I just I mean, I'm not going to. You know, I'm not going to, you know, go out and, you know, get super moral, but like there's certain endorsements and donations that I just don't want. Like, I don't need John Kane's money. I don't need any of the developer money. I don't need the apartment people's money. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And if I lose, I lose. But when it comes down to it, I, I don't, I, I don't think I could sleep at night. And I think that's right. What exactly. we need to have is a council that can sleep comfortably at night, knowing that they've done the best they can for the for the people in the city, especially right. the people that need them have the most needs, right? Right. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And like the 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 and I don't want to. I'm not going to call anybody out specifically on the current council, but there are a lot of them that I don't. I just don't know how they, if they have any kind of moral compass, can sleep at night. Like I mean, I, they I just, probably don't sleep well at night. I'm just saying. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah you know I, I mean it could just be me and I, I, I certainly been accused of getting preachy so I'm, I'm not going to do that but I just I don't understand That's, I think I've said that at council several times like mm -hmm. you know I mean I to me these people are just a reflection of the bigger pandemic of people who don't um who've defined success probably around, you know, the amount of money they have, the things that they have and quote unquote, the power that they have through a title that at the end of the day is not, doesn't matter if you have that title, do, are the people giving you that title? That's where it matters the most. Like are the people around you viewing you as a leader? That's what matters the most. So I, I do think that like, I, I try to be positive and say, you know, I wish everyone healing. I wish everyone a lot of love. I wish everyone a lot of delicious food. And at the end of the day, like some people just will never get it. Some people hopefully will get it. 
but there's a lot of people who just don't honestly like don't really know what a good life is and they think a good life is i got this car i got this machine i got this house but okay but do you have the wealth of joy do you have the depth of happiness do you have all these connections that are real and authentic and deep and like just you know like those are just some some things to even begin for me at least how I define my wealth like do these people even do they live a beautiful life that's truly like beautiful from like the bottom of their heart like do they have this level of like depth of love and just all these things you know like so I don't know if they sleep well and I honestly don't think they do but I hope that they get tired and leave (laughs) Yeah, I just, they need more sleep. <laughs> I just hope for a council that beyond <clears throat> what their ambitions are, that they're there for the people they represent. Because right now it's every two years that they're coming and they're at the polls. Oh, they're at the polls. Oh, I want to be your voice sending their mailers. And I'm like, but wait, what? 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 And they're banking on the fact that people don't get educated and they hear these taglines. And, they, and I'm like, guys, they don't want to be your voice. They specifically want to cut out your voice. So unless you've been involved and you know all of that, don't buy into the bullshit, you know, because that's ultimately what that is. They're bullshitting you. And I just hope for a council that has residents needs in mind. Yes. Primarily. Yes. Me too. So. And and another thing that we could consider when we're on council, mm-hmm. Christina, you and me and every, and, and all our people, when we get it is, we need to move in such a way that we involve more people uh, mm-hmm. to where they can't get away with that kind of stuff. Like, right. you know, this is, this is what I've done, you know, or this is what, this is, this is what I'm done. This is what I said that I was going to do. If I, if you fail that, if you feel that I fell short of this, please let me know. And if, if, right. if I don't good, you yes. know, I'm not going to send out, I'm not going to send out mailers a because they're expensive and b they're not environmentally awesome to just print a whole bunch of flyers out and I would rather spend my money on sons and my time out meeting people <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but um, it's just a matter of you know I mean it's we need more activists in government <laughs> mm-hmm. and we need uh, goalposts because I think one of the first times I spoke at council I said where's your job description like how do we hold you accountable for what you said? Right. And of course they, they didn't respond, but it all bleeds back to that. Cause I'm like, yeah, you can say things like, Oh, I want to be your voice when you don't have a, a, a verifiable track record that shows that you dismantled that voice. Right. Like you can say all these words, but there's no report card that say, says what you've done and what you didn't do. And that's, what's been frustrating for me. And the fact they can't point me in the direction or don't want to, you know, they just don't want to do it. Right. <clears throat> yeah, people throw out language like NIMBY and YIMBY. And it's like, oh I don't think anybody is concerned about, anybody's opposed to development. <laughs> I think people are opposed to development that doesn't make uh, environmental sense and is off transit and is unaffordable by the people that need it. So right. it's, 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 a, it's a weird argument that I've seen a little bit on the interwebs. Um, 
I don't know. I I'm, I would consider myself a Fembi socialism in my backyard. I'm cool with that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it what it is, but I know it. Even if I were the most Stalinisty Stalinist of the Stalin-y Stalin Stalins, <laughs> like, oh <my> <laughs> uh, I, and I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not going to stand for anybody. Right. But like, there's no way from a city council that I'm going to turn Raleigh into East Germany, it, which I've been accused of by some some oh people's God. web pages. Some people's web pages uh, don't like that S word, even though they're pretty much aligned on everything. But I just want to throw that out to people. Even if I wanted to recreate East Berlin, East Germany, yeah, and it's it's and I don't. And if I did, I couldn't. <laughs> Uh, so like it's just weird i don't know why that popped into my head i'm sorry i get a little off track sometimes <laughs> you're fine you're fine i mean i hadn't heard stalin that that much in one sentence <laughs> well and i tell you because I, I i went to optimus the other night right when i got off of work to just check to see my signs were there and i had six out there initially there were only two but i'm not going to blame anybody uh, cause it's not really that important to me. Right. Uh, I mean, as I can put up more signs, but I talked to the people at the, at the GOP tent with their poison apple card and they're all, they're all like super right hand and the whole, sir, sir, sir. Cause they were friendly until I mentioned that I was a socialist running. And then they were like, your people are going to put everybody in gulags. I'm like, oh. wait, what is gulag? Gulags. Uh, oh, gulag. yeah, it's work camps. I mean, it's it's something that, that that was done during the Second World War by the Soviet Union, but I mean that's the part where people just don't comprehend. Like we don't, we're not here to repeat anything of the past. Like right. we learn from it, and like we don't call ourselves. But that that's also on people who are truly socialist, but then don't recognize like what it means, and then just don't like the word. And well, it's but it's because most people. I mean, with the exception up until Gen X, right, and, and and a little bit of the millennials, we our entire childhoods were spent under like a cold, the Cold War, which was just just massive amounts of propaganda from right. entertainment to war. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was crazy, uh, and then fortunate the advantage. I mean, and and I say this a lot, and 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 then I'll, I'll stop talking. Uh, <laughs> Like Gen X was the first generation that on average across the country did less well than their parents. The millennials came along and it was a very small, very, very small generation, right? Our parents really believed in birth control. Um, and then our kids came along, the, the millennials, and they were another large generation and they did less well than we did. And what we have coming up behind on average, uh, and then the next generation that's coming along uh the zennials or gen z or i don't yeah, know i don't i don't know what we call them but they are on track to do less well than their parents generation and that's why when people talk about like when older people talk about you get more conservative when you get older that's because they had more money when they got older right whereas that's not the case anymore so it gives me hope that the kids and and, and the young adults and even some of the adults because millennials are 40 now so like you know, it's it's not, you know, I don't want to be ageist or anything. I just, it's important that 
they didn't grow up under the same kind of propaganda war that, that, that we grew up under and we can actually sit and they can actually sit and make an evaluation based on their lived experience. Whereas our generation was just smothered by red dawn and, and, you know, Clint Eastwood and all those other really, really propagandized movies. And I mean, we still have a problem with propaganda. I'm not going to lie. Like if I have to see law and order again, uh, I'm going to, it's going to freak me out because they're, it's propaganda. It's it's nice, yeah. but it's propaganda. Um, but Matt, when it comes, did you, did you um, ever speak to Enlo High School? I given them your. I did. Name. I did. did. Thank you. you. The interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Demarion. Demarion. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he was a, he he's a good guy. It was fantastic. I subbed for them in uh, May, and he did, is a video production class. That they were the ones. That inspired me to announce in May. Awesome. Because awesome. it was a class that they Aww. and they were so supportive. And they are like, we classify ourselves as democratic socialists. They knew they all hated the mayor. Like, I was like, how do you even know? Oh my gosh. And we had a whole long conversation. And I was like, oh my God, you're my people. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. And Lo, there are a lot of students who like get it, who know they what get it. On. They totally get it. And he contacted me. Uh I don't know, like a month or so ago, and was like, Christina, will you do an interview that I can air on the, the news station that they run every morning? And I was like, yeah. And then he said, do you have any other candidates' names? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and so I was giving out, I was like, go, go, go. And they asked really good questions. You know, they asked about housing affordability. They asked about the parks bond. They asked great things. And what they ended with, with mine, I don't know about yours, Josh, is he said, why should we vote? And our generation. And I was like, whoa, you guys, if you can, should vote because honestly, my time is past. My time right now is to make way for you. My time is to build the path so that you guys can lead. That's what my lot is and I own it and I'm proud of it and I'm ready to do it, but I need you guys to get involved so that you can blaze a trail. You know, this is for you to do for my kids because my kids are in second and third grade and they're going to be the enforcers that come through and help make sure. But if you guys don't take it bull by the horn, you know, I, I don't want to think of a world where it reverts back to what we used to be. And we have to we need you. And I just thought it was an amazing question that they asked. Yeah, no, I got the same question. I talked to about how important it was, about how there's enough of them that if they want to affect they don't want to turn off like they need to affect. And I said, I fully understand the revolution is not going to be brought about by the ballot box, but you've got to, you've got to use whatever means necessary in order to, mm -hmm. to create, you know, a better place for your, for your generation. Because my parents' generation did not do that for me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, like the greatest generation and the baby boomers. And, and I love my parents and I miss my mom so much. I lost her about three months ago. Uh, Rest in peace. <clears throat> yeah, but like their generation, our two generations are the reason why we've got like forty years to to do what we can to uh, deal with the carbon. Mm -hmm. And and that's that doesn't it's not going to affect Christina, you or I. I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't think, but it'll. Uh, my kid's twenty seven. It'll affect him, and I mean it will affect us some, but it's not like we're not going to have resource wars, you know. In our lifetimes, probably, hopefully not. Well, we have kind of have one going on in Europe right now, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I definitely feel like there's a resource war, but I also think that like the three of us in this group chat are also not necessarily within that world either. 
You know, like I do think that there's a resource war happening. I just don't think that we're necessarily hit by that as strongly as some people, other people in our community. Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, because there's ways to to look about the climate, right? We can look about the fact that, you know, the IPCC, which for years and years and years was like, it's not all that bad, is freaking out now. Like, I mean, these are people that are were oil oil company, you know, rationalizers and all that kind of stuff for years. But in the last five years, they're they're progressively re- releasing more hysterical stuff, and so. We have to worry about that. But the other thing we have to worry about is, and what you don't hear enough, I don't think, in environmental circles is uh, just about environmental racism and about how environmental racism is something that, you know, is something that is so widespread and that the reason a lot of people, especially, I'm going to say it, people like cishet men like me don't see it firsthand unless we explore is because we're not the people that are going to feel the worst impacts because right. we weren't pushed to the worst land. We weren't, we don't have generally have coal ash ponds. You know, it's right. funny how the oil companies, when they put a pipeline across the country, they connect the dots with the reservations. That's just insane. Mm-hmm. If it connected the gated communities, I think you would see change, but right. You know, right. So if we tackle, we need to not only tackle, the climate crisis as holy crap we're going to have huge hurricanes every year and we're not going to have the budget to fix our roads to holy crap we need to make sure that 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 people that have been victimized by the fact that the, the racist infrastructure of this country uh, mm-hmm. are taken care of because if we can fix it for for the people that are have been most marginalized uh then it's going to have a fortuitous effect down the line, right? Like, so instead of looking at it just as the climate's heating up, we need to go in and we need to go into the communities that are affected by environmental racism and we need to get them working and, and we, we need to get them fixed and we need to hold the people that did all the damage accountable. Mm-hmm. And that gets us halfway there. The other half is we need to cut carbon. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of all of this environment, I'm going to move us to discussing the park spawn that is on the ballot for this election. Um, I'm going to read the paragraph on the ballot and then open it up for us to discuss. So City of Raleigh Parks and Recreational Facilities Bonds. Shall the order adopted on July 5th, 2022, authorizing not exceeding $275 million parks and recreational facilities bonds of the city of Raleigh, North Carolina, plus interest for the purpose of providing funds together with any other available funds for improving and expanding the existing park Greenway and recreational facilities of said city and acquiring the and acquiring and constructing new park greenway and recreational facilities of said city inside and outside its corporate limits, including without limitation, the acquisition of land and rights of way and the construction and furnishing of supporting facilities and providing that additional taxes will be levied in an amount sufficient to pay the principal of 
and interest on the bonds be approved. Before we even talk about it, can we just say how utterly ridiculous just that that's that statement is? Yes. Like how <laughs> does anyone who doesn't know anything about the bond read right. that and understand? Right. All the complex parts of this bond. Yep. They, 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 you don't get anything from that. Every time I read one of these bonds on ballots, I'm always just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, I speak pretty decent English. I know how to read English pretty well. But still, like, I know that this is already so constructed with legal, like, mm -hmm. advice and, like, creating all these run-ons, basically, to yeah. create this, like... <laughs> I was going to say, is like, that just one big run-on sentence? Because that's... Yes. <laughs> Yes, one big on run on sentence saying like also like a lot of things in like a paragraph. It's like, okay, first of all, let's catch the fact that it says interest. Mm -hmm. And then um, with any other available funds, which what does that mean? That means uh, private, public private partnerships. Right. And yeah. that part is where like, why aren't you using like those terms to just say it? And then it's like, then what, like, um, corporate limits, by the way, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, acquisition of land. That's also a little mm -hmm. sketchy. Um, and rights of way, which I'm not sure what that means exactly besides driving right away. <laughs> um, and construction and furnishing and additional taxes levied um principal interest on the bond like so many like random things that like i do have an understanding of so i i get that it's kind of like and knowing that i have more context as well just like in terms of what's going on in raleigh and everything i'm like okay like it already gives me a big no but someone who doesn't know a lot is just like yeah, like new parks, that's cool. Like new greenways, that's awesome. Like doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, until you read more, then you're kind of like, oh, like what is new land? And like, but at the same time, you're kind of like, sure, you know, parks need territory to build. So like, sure, acquisition. And it's just like, but they don't recognize like, oh, okay, like, like me today working at the polls, I was like, and vote no on bonds. Like I was just telling people and you could tell like some people were just like, ha ha ha. Some people were like, okay, cool. Like, and some people were like, but why? And I was like, well, because they've literally pushed people out and they're going to continue pushing people out. And they're literally going to take away what's currently affordable housing to most likely put in more stuff related to a park. So it's like, at the end of the day, like that's not going to be said. They're not going to be like, we're going to use this money and we're going to tear down homes. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're just going to be like, oh, this is, I like saw the breakdown kind of, of what they put out, like 10 million to this and like 10, whatever to this. And I'm like, where I live, it's nearby the Walnut Creek Trail. And like, it's been shut down for months at this point because they've been doing so much construction, not related to the trail, but for me in my backyard, they've been doing like a sewage project and it's like, okay, so why not put money? Why put money into this when you could just not put machines all over this trail and let people use the trail? Like I could be using it to go to the polling location, but now I can't because there's machines everywhere that like either you have to jump over them. Technically you're not supposed to, but like 
it's like what like why give me more money when the trail's fine you're just literally taking up space with your machine and i can't use it now like i don't need more of your money i just need you to get rid of your shit <laughs> right and there's so many uh, and that's a really really great point because pushing people out 100 percent um i i sat on the parks board for two years while this bond was going through and it gave me red flag vibes the second I heard about it. And the second I heard about it is the first, my first month back in 2020. And they were like, oh, Christina, here's the bond, all these other projects that were possible that were going to be involved. And he, and they said, you, would, I would call and I'd say, okay, let's talk about this. And what about the Biltmore Health tennis courts? And what about this? And da, 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 we're talking about it all. And then they said, but there's going to be an unspecified amount that goes to Dick's Park that you have no jurisdiction over. And right there I went, stop, stop right there. I, we are the parks board. What do you mean I have no jurisdiction over it? What does that mean? And they were like, well, the, conservancy, the Dick's Conservancy, since they're going to be matching dollar for dollar, the portion they get from the bond, that all of that goes to them. And I said, what, when, what? So there's a second board? And they said, yes, there's two boards. And I went, isn't that right there inequitable? Because no other park in the entire system has two boards. The only one is, mm. and it's the newest. So it's it, we just acquired that in 2015, 2016. And I said, what about, we have 200 parks. No other park has a second board. And they said, well, right. this is where the public-private partnerships came in. Mm. So I said, well, how much are they getting? And they were like, we don't know. Council has to decide that. So for two years. That, well, I mean, let's be fair. It was maybe a year and a half. A year and a half, they, that was the answer all the time. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Council hasn't decided. And then last year, when they were moving the election, they blamed the parks bond. We gave them our recommendations in March of 2021. And in the summer, they went and pushed the election back. And Patrick Bufkin was like, oh, the parks bond needs work. And I was like, what, 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 what work? We gave you the recommendations in March. And so I demanded that Patrick Buff can come and explain that to us. And he came, but he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything worthwhile. And so this whole illusion, and I said, where's the conversation? Why is Dix not talking to us? Why? They never came once. Not one time did Dix Conservancy come to the park sport. Not once. Mm. And when the Conservancy during all of the um, endorsements, you know, and they couldn't endorse because there's a, there are 501c3, but they asked all the candidates to come and talk to them. I was the last one. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I sat there and I said, why didn't you come to any of our meetings? Not one meeting. And yet you want me as a parks board member to advocate for your park. And this is the first time I'm seeing it. Right. And they were like, oh yeah, we, we could have come more. And I was like, I know you didn't. And I know that that was by design. But this is the frustrating part, being on the inside right there and everybody else on the board, well, I won't say everybody, but the majority of the parks board, they all want it because they worked two years prior to me getting there because this was supposed to be on the 2020 bond. They already worked to get all of these projects on there. And so they want it really, really bad. And I understand their want for it, but the damage that this will do, the fact that I sat with Dick's Conservancy and I said, Aside from you not talking to us, let's just say that's one problem of mine. The other one is the 700,000 square foot mental health hospital that I having being uh, the, on the Blue Ridge Corridor Alliance, I know that those DHHS workers are going to Blue Ridge Road. What are you going to do with that facility when they move? 
And they were like, oh, we haven't decided yet. And I said, so can you guarantee in this bond that you're not going to sell it to the highest bidder to put luxury condos right there? And they said, oh, well, that's not in this bond and it's too expensive to demolish. And I went, so you're telling me that when they leave, you're not going to demolish that 700,000 square foot hospital? Really? And they went, well, we haven't had those conversations. And I was like, this is you kicking the can. You were just trying to make it look like you have had these conversations and that you want the right thing. But if I vote yes on this, and then in three years, you guys put up luxury condos, I'm going to regret my vote. Right. I'm going to look back and go, oh my God. So there are so many people who are voting on this right now. Who right. Don't know that. Right. Don't know those conversations who think this is all about parks and right. it's not just about parks. Right. Um, that their lack of education, the city's lack of conversation to teach people to have these discussions is going to, is already going to result in a bunch of uneducated voters on this. And it's the largest one in state history for a park. Right. So there's so many other, I don't want to like monopolize the time, (laughs) but um, this is what we're here for. I actually was going to pull up this um, parks bond referendum website because it breaks down the projects I guess that they're planning on doing and the cost of everything yeah I don't know if y'all have seen this but it basically breaks it down to big branch green wave connector four million five hundred thousand Biltmore Hills tennis improvements six million seven hundred fifty thousand can you pause right there Oh, the yes. Biltmore Hills. You look at Biltmore Hills. You right. look at um, that. You're going to get to um, Chavis Park, the aquatic center. You're going to look at that. They're going to say that that's the equitable portion because these parks were traditionally underfunded. Um, but the people who could benefit from that, they've already gentrified out. They've right. already all of those. Right. Out. So these parks that they are now uplifting do not benefit the people that they say they benefit. Right. So right there, the fact that we couldn't talk about that, that nobody has that that basis. You look at Chavis and you know that that was in the past the, the black park and Poland right. was the white park. Right. And you assume that that's the same thing, but you're not acknowledging the fact that you pushed all those people out. Right. Right. And they're just acting and now they want all the cool things and to hide it under equity. Right. Um, yep. Shady, and, shady shit. And comrades, uh, I don't have a whole lot of time because I did tell Karen I would go take her to Target. So mm-hmm. um, a couple of things, though, before mm-hmm. before I head out, and, and I hate to have to do this, but I really don't want to you know, be divorced or anything because <laughs> Karen's awesome. Um, but it, a couple of things to consider is, is yeah, it's, gonna, it's an engine of gentrification. Dick's Park, anytime there's a public-private p- partnership, you need to check your pockets because Right. The the private part aren't out to benefit the world. They're out to make money. So right. like, uh, so, and there's been studies that said that pr- public private partnerships cost cities more than just doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but the other thing to keep selling in- out your soul and not obviously not just selling out your soul is what makes it expensive, but it's because it's like <sighs> the trade-off becomes something that you are not technically ready for a lot of people don't know the consequences of what they are trading i will continue let you continue yeah i'm sorry yeah karen's calling me right now um but uh the other thing to to, to keep in mind is the the, the county levies a six percent occupancy tax on uh, all hotel rooms and all that money is supposed to go towards uh stuff like that right wait say that one more time so, 
the occupancy tax, right? Uh-huh. It's for tourism, right? Mm. Why don't we leverage that money? Right. Talk to talk to the uh, talk to the county that are focused on parks. And again, I don't have a problem with parks. I love parks, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, we gotta we gotta focus on people. Like right. like we because right now the parks that they're they're doing, as you said, aren't really equitable because they're engines of gentrification. None more so than Dick's Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's important that when people vote for this, realize that everybody's taxes are going to go up and next time they do a reevaluation because of property values going up. In addition to that, you're going to have another significant uh, property tax increase. So people that right now today are having a hard time and having to borrow money to pay their tax bill, especially if it's they're, if they're living in a house that was their, their, their grandparents and their parents before them aren't going to be able to hold on to that and still pay the taxes because mm-hmm. um, because their, their taxes continue to go up. And when it comes down to it, it's, you know, I, again, we, there's money for parks. They, I mean, talk to the county. The county's built a lot of parks, nothing against parks, but we need to be focused on housing and we need to be focusing on right. getting people on housing. And the fact right. that the parks bond, is so much more than the affordable housing bond, which isn't right. all necessarily going to affordable housing. It's going to miss the middle. People conflate those terms. Uh, right. And, you know, it, when it comes down to it, it's, it's, it's like we're preparing the way for all these gentrifiers to come in to have nice parks. Right. Is, is the, the no, way they're doing it. <laughs> and that's the trade-off. That's the trade-off. I'm glad you said that because I didn't want to say that without affirmation that that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but most, that's why these parks are getting, I guess, renovated or whatever. Um, now after it's been requested for years, because now it's affecting white people who have money that's, or just, I guess I don't even want to put that on it. Just people with money. That's what, who's coming in now into these spaces and they want to make those people happy. And so they're going to renovate all of these spaces that technically, Looking over it, I'm not saying that these are not necessary changes, but that's why I keep telling people like vote no, because this bond is only going to kick more people out of their homes. And with that many people who are houseless, our money of what was it? $275 million plus whatever else that was going to get added on plus any additional funds and taxes or um, interest, I guess, like all of that. $275 $275 million could create such a huge difference in just getting people housed, fed, like stable, grounded, like mentally just more healthy and fed. And like that, like I want more people to just sit. Not, not that I think you two don't already sit in this knowing, but I just want more people to sit in the knowing of like the shift in this world when more people are grounded, when more people are at peace, when more people are stable and more people are sheltered and fed and comfortable, like that is just like so big of a difference. I don't even think people are capable of imagining what that would feel for all of us because that's the investment that will never depreciate. Like at the end of the day, like they can lay more concrete, they can I don't know, like renovate the lighting. But at the end of the day, like that's what, like, what is that going to do? Just increase the amount of people who 
already are houses who can't sleep at the parks and who get kicked out if they do end up sleeping at a park. Like what? Like, it's just like unfathomable to me that like people don't sit in the knowing that, okay, there's people who are probably living a more like stressful life than I am. And how could like this money go to them? I don't know how much of it is just like current city council and a lot of people lack the imagination to like believe in a better world that's more peaceful or if it's just that like they really don't care and that they just have I mean it's probably all of the above but like and then they just have these agendas that are directed by those people with money but not actually by any of these city council members because most of them don't seem to have a spine and Mm -hmm. most of them seem to just be puppets for people who have a bigger agenda who are working wider than just this state who are working across this coast, who are working across the U.S. to just colonize more land because that's all they know. That's where most likely their money comes from in order to even buy property, buy land, destroy homes. Like the other day I was in in my neighborhood just driving and I just saw these like machines just like, you know, breaking down probably an old house just like And I was just like, dang, like, I feel so bad for the people who are also kind of in construction also because of their um, limited ability to work elsewhere. And like the soul crushing work it is to probably like tear up land, like tear up homes, like just tear up this earth and like chop down trees, but yet they have to do it because that's the way that they're going to make money. Like I think of all the people whose labor is trafficked in this city and in this state doing work like that. And their souls just like are like constantly getting crushed because this is what they have to do. And they probably most likely are not going to be able to pay their bills any other way than working this type of job. Mm -hmm. I'm going off on a whole tangent, but it just like, it makes me feel so many things when I just go, like, I just get into this topic. So thanks for listening, y'all. <laughs> Always. I don't want you to get in trouble, Josh. Yeah, comrades. Uh, it's It's been great. I'm sorry I didn't have a whole lot of time. No. Thanks for but, coming uh, on. No, anytime. And thanks for having me. And it's, it's good talking to y'all. And um, just tell everybody, vote from the bottom and on the back. And yeah. uh Five days, five days, four days now. Yeah. yeah. Bottoms yeah. up. Bottoms up. <laughs> As 100 and, uh, says. Yeah. Have fun at Target. Okay. Y'all have, have good night. fun. Bye. Good night. Okay. Bye. Yeah. And I think as as we talk about, I, I think a lot of people since I've been in this election, you'll get these different frames of mind and people will almost make it seem like community engagement is like a, hmm. Right. Oh, that's a that's extra. That's the icing right. on top. Right. And it is the foundation right. of everything. Right. And the fact that you just dismiss it like it's right. not needed is ridiculous. And I bring that up now because there are so many details that if people knew, I have changed so many people's minds to mm. vote against the parks fund. Mm. This woman had messaged me, called me out on Twitter because she sent. She said she sent me an email that um, I didn't respond to her and I didn't have it. So I messaged her right back and I was like, I'm so sorry, can you resend it? And she did. And so I answered her question in that. And it didn't have anything to do with the park spawn. It had to do with like COVID precautions. And after I sent my response, she sent me this beautiful note. And she was like, thank you for your heartfelt response. 
I went and looked you up because on my TikTok, I've got Park Spawn stuff like for days. And oh, she was like, that's good to know. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, I have like my whole thing has been to Park Spawn. Um, okay. Because sorry to interrupt your story, but can you send or can you t type? Are you able to type in your um, TikTok username? Because I think a lot of people are lacking resources. Yeah. And you clearly have just already the content. So I would love to be able to just like share that with people. Yeah. Oh my God. I just turned on my TikTok. And <laughs> you go on TikTok and it's like in your face. Like, ah, I was like, well, I was listening that way too loud. <laughs> it's at Christina for Raleigh. So I'll put that in the chat at Christina for Raleigh. And this is my TikTok. So there, on there, there's going to be so many videos where I break this down. This whole, the list that you have, and I'll go on a, a, a tangent with this. This list that you have in front of you, they put before council in May. So we didn't hear anything about how big the bond was going to be, how big Dix was getting until May of 2022. And in that, they said, okay, Dix is going to get, and we'll stick, uh, they're going to get a total of $44 million. Um, And then, <clears throat> but the package that we sent them, Okay, I don't want to get too in the weeds. There was 300 million. So we sent them a package that was 300 million. Council in May of 2022 came back and said, oh, that's not palatable for voters. Take away $21 million. Like, oh, okay, that makes a big difference. And mm -hmm. so the Parks Department went back through this list that you have up here and they took stuff away. So they went through each project and 11 of the 23 projects got reductions of which it was... Of course, like um, Chavis got a two million dollar deduction, and there were eleven projects. Dix didn't get to, didn't have to take away a dime. And they look didn't. at what that number is right now. It's forty three million sixty two thousand five hundred dollars. Like, right. I get and that Dix Park might be the biggest park, but that is insane to me. Like, oh, I they're going to say to you, and this is where they, because mm, I've had this, is they're going to go. Well, if you scroll down to Chavis, Chavis is getting fifty million. Chavis so, is massive too. Right. But this is where they make it black and white. So right. they say, oh, but look, the black park is getting, where is it? Wait, where yeah. Is it? Where is it under? It, I'm guessing it's not under Ch Chavis. Oh, 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 okay. I see. $54 million. $54 million. So what you'll hear is they will go, oh, but Chavis is getting 54. So since, Ch since Dix is getting less, it's okay. And oh. somehow that's fair. Now, remember, and what people don't know is because of this public-private partnership, that the money for Dix, which is forty-three million, thirty-five of that is going to one piece of the park, which is Dix Plaza in play. Thirty-five million is going to one piece of the park. That conservancy is going to match that dollar for dollar. So that $35 million for that one plaza in play turns into $70 million because of the money that Dick's Conservancy in, you know, infiltrates into it. And then last December, council gave that same park $12 million. The Gibson family gave them $10 million. And Truist Bank gave them $2 million. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Too fast. Um. <laughs> Believe me, my brain is like, no, 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 no. They're moving way too fast for us all, and they know it. So then you said last year council already gave that specific portion of the park mm -hmm. 12 million yep. and then families gave it. The Gibson family 
which is going to be named after. So the, the Dix Plaza in play is going to be the Gibson Plaza in play. They gave them, they got naming rights, which was changed. Oh, the specific right. family. The specific family. Gibson? Gave, yep. Gave them $10 million. And then Truth Bank gave them $2 million. So when you add all of that up together, that 40, which there's another portion that's getting like $5 million. So we'll stick with the 35 million that Dick's Plaza and Play is getting. That 35 million that's allotted in the bond, which they say, oh, it's just a small portion. You know, it's not a big, the biggest portion of the bond. The, the regular parks are getting the most of it. Is actually $94 million to one piece of one park. It is not $94 million of city money. It is 35 plus $12 million of city money. But they are, when then you say, oh, Chavis gets 54, but Dix gets 94. But because it's a public private partnership, it doesn't count in their mind because mm. it's not all city funding. That's what I have a problem with, with the, with the um, public private partnerships is that those get to choose, pick and choose. If you're going to do that, those public-private partnerships should go to the entire parks department, of which the parks department can delineate the money where they need it. But because of these partnerships, they can allocate it to where they want. And right now, that's Dick's. And what's this portion of the park called again? Dick's Plaza and Play. Is this the dog park, or is this something else? No, it's being built, um, and it's the kid. It's going to be a kids park. It's going to be a huge park. Another, I'm just going to throw all, I'm word vomiting everything to you. Another thing which makes, which just validates my concern for this is that there was a no bid contract that came through council about a month ago for the playground equipment for Dick's Plaza and Play. And what it was, it was on the consent agenda and David Cox pulled it out to say, no, I don't want this because what it said was this specialty um, contractor is going to get the entire $4 million bid for the playground equipment with nobody else, no other RFPs requests for proposals from any other company because the equipment is so specific that only this one company can do it. And David Cox was like, well, what happens if they go out of business? Then who picks it up? And everyone ignored him, silence, silence. Mm. So it got voted six to one with David Cox being the only dissent. And it got awarded to one company, which was, I'm not going to say who it was because I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. I want i want to say it was the Holt Brothers, which is the company that Marianne used to work for before she was became mayor. Wait, I'm going to look this up. Raleigh Parks Holt Brothers. No big contract. No bid? No, no bid. bid. They, they didn't even have to compete with anybody else. And I'm pretty um, sure Uh, wait, there's uh, the Freedom Park that's going to have the Holt Brothers firm. But that's not Dick. Yeah, that's not it. Park is what you and I saw next to I the... don't think. Yeah, I don't think this is... It's not pulling It might not up. be Holt. Raleigh Take Park's that. no bid contract. Current bidding and... Uh, hmm. Raleigh... Oh, wait. wait. Raleigh Dick's Park. Oh, okay. I think this might. 
Okay, yeah, 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 this. Dorothea Dix Park Gibson. Oh, I I miswrote that earlier, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Let's see. Something forgot. Oh my God, this stuff is boring and it's meant to be. Um, I'm looking it up too, just to try. I'm okay. I think it. Oh no. And of course, it's private information. Oh wait, I need to look up four million. I'm gonna message David Cox right now because. He'll be able to give me a quick yes or no answer. Right. But that, so I'll figure out if that was, if it's not whoever it is, it doesn't yeah. matter who it is. Right. At the end of the day, I wrote out in the notes that the no bid contract came through council a month ago for the playground contract equal to $4 million given to this company with no other RFPs from any other companies, which, and this is a thing, like, obviously we know, like, I'm like, I know enough about the city that this like does not surprise me, but there's so many people who don't even know what's going on to begin with. And like, they're going to know more. I think more and more people are getting more invested with everything going on. And like, there's a lot of people who at the end of the day do have a lot of morals. So they're going to want to know what's going on mm -hmm. and people are going to start finding this stuff out and like, right. But it's too late. And that's, what's about, right. I mean, it's definitely too late now. Right. But that's what it's about. When, when we talk about community engagement, I believe that if this information was discussed before any of this happened, people would care. Right. People would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But the, the, attempt not attempt they're they're just attack on community engagement and eliminating the resident's voice they're right. saying oh no you're not going to care you don't care you don't care it's fine we're going to do whatever we want right. and i wholeheartedly believe that people if given the opportunity given the education and the space to have these conversations would do want to have an impact in their city they live right and that's on christina jones for district e mm -hmm. now i'm coming in here saying it's intentional that they're not educating people. It's intentional that they are not putting out resources that they don't want people to know because if people knew they would get lit up and yep. then they would be talking about this and then there would be huge yep. movements out on the streets. Right. That's the whole thing, right? Like, so mm -hmm. it's like, I'm glad that we're here. I'm very grateful that you're here tonight to be able to talk about this because I know that this is important for you. This is important for me. It's important for a lot of people. And it's hidden from a lot of us. And I'm glad that you have the knowledge. So when you go backwards, so we look back to, uh, again, somebody else, another newspaper, whatever, will, will act like I'm a one trick pony because all I talk about is CACs. And I'm like, that's where we had these conversations. That's where we were able to have a public forum to have the space to do the work. Right. And when you look backwards and you go, why was it just done in one meeting with no, it wasn't in the agenda when they got rid of CACs. They did it at the end during council and Sage Martin came up and said, oh, let's eliminate CACs. They voted and it was done. There was no public input about it. And even then I'm like, why, why? Now I've always thought it was for development, of course, that that was the why. Um, 
but this just further proves it. I just think these are this and the missing middle discussion where they just don't talk to anyone. And they're like, no, we know best. We know best. You don't know anything. And they've created their self-fulfilling prophecy by making sure that no one knew anything. So that when they say that people are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll just let them, just let them go. Let them rule however they want. Yep. And it's, it's terrifying to see that. I have people, I think we were talking about it earlier. I have men in my in my Twitter and, and Instagram feed just going, oh, well, I want, you no, know, this is, don't vote for her. And she doesn't know. And they'll talk about CACs and as if they knew it. Because my first question is always, what CAC were you a part of? And then they're not. And I'm like, so don't talk on something that you know nothing about. Right. Ask me first. Because- right. I can answer these questions. I was at a um, the Rotary Club speaking a few weeks ago, talking about the Parks Bond, talking about CACs. And this woman, she says, "Oh, but CACs they um, had they were voting on people's property rights." And I was like, "I need you to stop. That yeah. is uneducated. Just yeah, that's misinformation, right bullshit. there. It's David Knight bullshit to you. Right. Because just so everyone here who's watching knows, what would happen is we would get a, a uh, rezoning from a developer. They would come to a first meeting. They would educate us. They would say, this is what we want to do. And the residents would be able to say, well, you know, I really like it if you did 20 foot buffer zone instead of a 10 foot buffer zone. And they'd be like, uh, uh, uh. And they said, well, we would take a vote the second time. So they knew they had to make some concessions. And then the second time we would take a vote. So let's say it was negative. Let's say that the residents were like, no, I don't like it. That vote would go to the planning commission the planning commission would talk about it and then they would vote and send it to council. At which point council had the final say. They got all this information and they said, okay, I'm gonna say yay or nay. By saying that CACs had, uh, were voting on people's property rights is ignoring the other two steps that happened before anyone's property rights were changed and vilifying residents because they had an opinion. It's this whole nimby yimby bullshit that's just trying to divide people and saying, you don't want this because I say so. And it's bullshit. It's utter bullshit. And it takes away accountability from council. Right. No longer is council held accountable because they've taken right. away property rights or because they've taken away residents' rights. All of a sudden, it's the residents' fault. And when you don't see that, when you don't see that the people in charge are just trying to make you mad at each other instead of trying to uplift the whole community, then where are we? What do we live in? What kind of world are we living in? This is ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm on a soapbox and I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. I mean, this is, this is the soapbox. So please continue <laughs> the soapbox. Thank you for saying that because I think that's where a lot of people don't, well, I mean, there's a lot of people who didn't know about CACs. There are people who, who did know, but there's a lot of people who like, don't really know. Like I wouldn't have known unless, you know, I was around people like you who were educating me about that. Um, but a lot of people moving in pretty much mm -hmm. are not knowledgeable about that was a thing, um, mm -hmm. that it was taken away by the current city council without any communication mm -hmm. and that it was used to create a truly democratic system for people to have conversations with developers for that, um, dynamic to actually exist and a conversation and a dialogue and then for people to then have those conversations be brought to the planning commission before it got brought to the city council. And then from there, a lot of people don't also recognize how a lot of the city council today 
have not listened to what the planning commission says and mm -hmm. would just ignore all of the recommendations that they would say. So it's like okay. people definitely don't see no that that so many different levels to that. So in that regard, let's let's just quickly reference uh, downtown South. So on top of what I'm going to tell you about downtown South butts up against Dick's Park. So as we talk about being pushed out, this is what we're talking about. It's not just the park and the possible infrastructure or housing that will be built on, on Dick's Park. It's the fact that it is adjacent to downtown South, which is going to push, is already pushing people out. Right. There are people who have lived there for decades, minorities, black residents who are being pushed out of this specific area because it's right, right in between downtown South and Dick's Park. So yep. this behemoths that are like, get out, get out, get out. Right. We're not doing anything to protect them. Nothing, right. nothing. So back to what was downtown South. When that came up in 2020, this winter of 2020, um, city council, their last meeting is supposed to be before Thanksgiving. Okay, that's the every year it's supposed to happen. In 2020, because John Kane needed the rezoning by December 31st, Council added a session in December so that they can just hear the downtown South case. Oh, they came back. They they did not have as long as of a, of a break because of this. Now that went to planning commission and planning commission voted eight to zero to deny it. So they'd already at this point gotten rid of CAC. So this didn't even go to a CAC. This just went straight to planning commission. Planning commission said, Nabu, this is not a good, no, 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 this is not good. Council voted against it, and then yeah, um, right. I'm going to vote for for downtown south. Right. Okay. So this was specifically the rezoning for downtown south. Mm -hmm. I'm only asking because I'm typing this out and I don't want to be wrong. But I wasn't listening. Yeah. Um, I guess technically, is it zero to eight, or eight to zero, or does it not matter? Probably zero to eight. Okay. As long as you say, I mean, you could say eight to zero in favor of a denial. It just depends on how you word it. But had voted against, zero to eight against the rezoning. Yes, the entire planning commission voted against it, and this validated everything we as CACs who had been disbanded in February of that year. It validated everything we were saying because I'm like, wait a minute, you got rid of our voice because we would have denied it. We would have said no, no, no. Then the next step was planning commission. So you kept them because you can't get rid of a board. And then they said, no, don't do this. And you still went, eh, we're going to do it. I'm going to ignore you. So you always, the point being, you always held the power. Council has always held the power to control rezonings in our city. And they are right now pointing the other way saying, oh no, it's CACs were voting on people's property rights. No, no, no. Wasn't council just voting on the residents who'd been there for decades on black residents? Weren't they voting on their property rights? Because now their property taxes are skyrocketing because of the new development and because of down of Dick's Park. And so what, what about their property rights so that they can stay and can afford to live in the place that they've called home for decades? Whose property rights are you concerned with? You're concerned with rich white people or white people in general, even if they're not rich. So it starts there. That was the first year 
that we, after we were dis dismantled, um, right after that, so they went, that meeting happened and then they went on break. When they came back in January, 2021, that's when I started going every two weeks because I was like, y'all are not going to ignore us. No, you're not going to be able to say, I didn't know, you know? So that was when my mission became, I need to be there every single meeting so that I can bring forward concerns and you can't pretend you didn't, you can choose not to talk to me, but you can't pretend I didn't say so. So January, 2021, I started and I had to continue infiltrating. Uh, I had already joined the parks board. Um, I was appointed to the Mickey Fern task force for community engagement. It was bullshit. That whole thing was bullshit. Right. You have people now talking about, Oh, Mickey Fern did an amazing nuanced report girl. That was like a sixth grader wrote it. It <laughs> don't even like I sat there like, what is this shit? He, we met maybe three times before he presented to council and he didn't even talk to us about what he was presenting. There was nothing. We had no discussion. And so this was his way to push his ideas through and act like he had some sort of conversation with people. He didn't. I hated being on that board, on that, uh, task force, not because of the conversation or the work, but because he treated it as piss poorly as he could have. And they treat it like it was this amazing group that had these robust conversations. And so I get really into the nuance and I know I can get really deep on things because I've been so involved that I lose people, you know, and I'm gonna, and I, I understand that, but I want everyone to know how deep this goes. Right. You know, this task force, which wasn't sanctioned by the city. So they never felt they had to talk to us because this was Mickey Burns task force. There was an internal, a city group, and an external, the Mickey Fern group. We were supposed to meet and talk so that city personnel and residents could have a discussion. They never met with us. They refused to meet with us. City council never spoke to us. So this report that he created was all in his mind. And that's it. And that's all, which to me, my theory is that that's what they wanted him to say. And he pushed it through just to look like they did the work. They didn't. And these are the things that I want people to understand. Boards, commissions. Oh, oh my God. Have you, did you hear about the human relations commission? As someone who worked in HR, I like saw that and I just laughed, but no, I did not hear. Okay. So Mary Thompson, she's a friend of mine who um, I've known for years through CACs, through democratic party, all of this we've known. She's been the chair for the human relations commission. She was on, you can get three two-year terms on a board. She was up for reappointment for her last two-year term. She's done so much. She helped get the police advisory, uh, even though they don't have subpoena powers. You know, she's trying to push for that. She wanted to get, she got the uh, Hispanic and Immigrant Affairs Board, helped get that started, was trying to get uh, uh, African-American um, Affairs Board started, but the city refuses. Anyway, she's done a lot of amazing, amazing things. And this, maybe two weeks ago, her reappointment came up in city council and they didn't even read her name. So she was kicked off the commission. What? Byron Laws went to the last city council meeting because he's on the human relations commission. And he was like, what are you doing? What did she do to deserve? But they don't have to justify their vote. They don't have to say, oh, she did this. Did it. In her place, they're putting some ridiculous man who... 
I, he, he has a bunch of like negative things you have to read about. It. I don't want to speak out of turn and besmidge his character, but they're not good things. Well, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we don't need to name people who don't yeah. deserve our energy. Right. But they're putting somebody unqualified for the role, whatever his past is. He's unqualified when they had someone who's been sitting in the role for two years and four years on the commission, and they didn't even read her name to yeah. be it on. And then it's like, why are people giving these people even a smidge of respect when they have given us none? None. None. And the thing is, like, and that's why, like, I'm trying to get people on this, like, other side of thinking where Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, y'all, like, look how deep this shit goes. This isn't new, by the way. This is a legacy of this same type of violent behavior over and over and over again. And these people are insane. and they're doing their thing. This is the this is their wheel that they want to recreate over and over again. How is it that we, you know, whether or not we enter these spaces, like how is it that at the end of the day, like people like us, which is much more common than those types of people, like we are a lot, literally common folk in that sense. Like mm-hmm. it is a lot more common for us to be on this type of thought process we just want good, stable stuff. Like we just want just this peaceful existence and we don't want to live past our means. We don't want, you know, we, we just want to be real and we want to move forward in living like a good life, a peaceful life. And there's just all of this force Mm-hmm. trying to kill the party, trying to rain on our parade. And how is it that we can also build so that they can no longer rain on our parade that we are so that we become a force so big because that's also these types of people have been on this type of, um, I don't even know on this train of like not wanting this force our force to be strong, right? They they mm-hmm. literally make money off of our force being considered weak. Mm-hmm. And if our forces strengthen mm-hmm. how much we could do mm-hmm. and also cannot give a fuck about what they do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, imagine when we get to that point, when we are just doing our thing and they actually have to not bow down in the sense of, they've lost, but they have to recognize that we are the trendsetters, that Mm -hmm. this is how it's going to be. And that they have to actually get on our bandwagon. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking of that's my vision for like, honestly, all across the world. But starting here, like that's my vision is that like we continue to build our communities, build our people power, have these conversations, know the truth, speak the truth, live the truth. And eventually we just all become so aligned that like that kind of shit is not going to happen because we are so powerful when we come together, when we are educated, when we're aware, when we're talking with each other, that we can just be that force that literally shuts down whatever it is that they're trying to develop. Like imagine all of us like using very, I guess, kind of, um, land steward energy, right? Like we're literally on the land, keeping them from building these things. Like imagine millions of us showing the fuck up. They can't arrest all of us. That's not how it works. Right. But what we have to remember 
is that they're doing this by not informing, which exactly. means they don't have the knowledge to be able to fight it. Exactly, so which is why this to. conversation right here is mm-hmm. so critical. Like mm-hmm. us having this conversation, you having the conversations that you're having with people, people seeing your TikTok content. Like at the end of the day, like sometimes I, I feel like there are a lot of people who kind of, and I've been in it myself, which is why I can speak on it. Like kind of this level of depression, this level of despair, like what can I do? Like what can we even make happen? Like how can things even change with just, you know, little me. And that's where like American individualism, capitalistic individualism has destroyed our knowledge that we are community first. That's just how it's always been. Like I recently found out that the Maslow's hierarchy of needs was influenced, um, was really just stolen from like Blackfoot nations um, hierarchy, I guess is what, I don't even think they call it a hierarchy, but it was basically this concept of like, at the bottom of the triangle, it's community. Mm -hmm. Knowing your community allows you to build your individual identity And then on top, it's like something bigger than any of those things that passes through, you know, um, passes your, your passing of this universe. Like it is bigger than it's your ancestrals, it's your generations, it's, um, before you and after you, that kind of energy. And I just like, think of like seeing that hierarchy or that triangle in my mind shift into like, wow, like that's so like it, like I knew it all along, but it was just so nice to see that and know that like an indigenous tribe that has been in in existence for way longer than my, I've been living in this lifetime, like clearly have shown us like, yeah, of course our community always comes first so that we can build our individual. So it's like, people need to recognize it is exactly that. Like we have been segregated, whether or not we are black or white, like at the end of the day, we have been affected. Mm-hmm. We are the consequence of segregation in this country. So how do we desegregate? We're not going to depend on the government to desegregate. We're not going to depend on the government that built segregation to desegregate. We're not going to depend on a government to give us reparations. Like we have to be the ones who give it to our neighbors. We have to be the ones who build that bridge. Like we have to be the ones who have conversations, who meet people who are outside of our comfort zones. Like there's just so much about like that human, like just existence that mm-hmm. I feel like has, um, it's just shifted so much that now, you know, with our technology, with our screens, like you and I literally, I am technically in a living room talking to myself. <laughs> but we're really talking to each other on the screen, which is amazing. Like this shit is magical. The fact that you and I can be in separate space, but we are talking to each other at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like that is amazing. And we can do so much with the internet. We can do so much with this type of technology. We can super, like we can literally go bypass all of the things Mm -hmm. like, you know, they're voting, they were voting because during a pandemic, they were having all these meetings online. They were moving shit so fast. And I remember watching this one meeting and they were just voting on mm-hmm. like literally one like call they were voting on. I think they voted on like, honestly, like 20 things. Like I was like, 
what, like I couldn't even keep up. It was a lot to do with like dining outside. And I think it had a lot to do probably with the social district, which is also whack. Um, And I remember hearing David Cox, just like, um, we shouldn't be voting on these things immediately after hearing about them. We should have time to digest and process and make our decision. So then at some point he just like tapped out. Cause he was like, I'm not voting. Like I've already said that like we need more time and you guys are clearly not listening. Cause it's all these people who are just. It's this, it's this, this uh, mentality of me, me, me. I want, I want, I want. I look at it and I'm like, I'm a parent. And my kids want, 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 want. And I have to be the adult in the room that says, not right now. You right. can't have that right now. You need right. to wait a second. I'm not telling you you can never have an icy again. I'm telling right. you that today, it's not the day. And right. I don't need to justify this. I'm just telling you, no, we don't do that. They do. Right. They tack on the hearings. The hearings, there'll be 10 hearings and they'll put the most controversial ones last. They'll put the ones that right. impact the ones where I, where you and I were at, where they were talking yep. about the They pushed it to the very end, even though on the agenda, it was like the third item. Oh, yeah. So they do these things. And uh, my mentor, her name is Shelly Winters, and she is amazing. I love her. And she said Aww. to me years ago, when we first started talking about this, she said, Christina, they're changing the rules so they can fall on policy. Yep. So that people won't understand what they're doing. This is what they're doing. And so when you look at a text change, anything that regular residents are going to go, oh, that doesn't matter. No, that is what is most important is that text change. That's what allows the rules to be changed so that they can go, oh, that's 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 a rule. That's a rule. Never mind the fact, because I'll say that about inclusionary zoning. Um, People are like, well, Howard, how do you think that you're going to tackle the affordable housing? And I was like, we need to demand that every new development has it, has a a space for all income levels, you know, not just the super wealthy. And they'll say, well, that's inclusionary zoning and that's illegal. And I say, well, you change the law to give yourself an extra 18 months in office. So change the law. That's our job. We see a bad law and we put it. Do I think it's going to happen overnight? No, I know we have a Republican General Assembly. But if we stand here and we petition and we say, this is what we want. Hey, Raleigh, do you guys want this? And we get enough uproar. We can inspire Asheville. We can inspire Wilmington. We can inspire all the states to be like, this is what we want right now. If you I'm not sure if I'm sure you're aware of it, but they tried in this last state budget, the General Assembly tried to eliminate uh, tree protections for rezonings across the state. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, because I was on the parks board and the sustainability committee. So that's where I'm learning about this stuff. And I was like, guys, how is this bill? How is this bill? I forget the number. I think it's like 496 or 796. And it got put into this the state budget, but then it got eliminated. It got voted down. So it didn't happen. But these are the things that they're trying to do to help developers to essentially just make money. Right. All this is, comes down to, it just comes down to money. They don't care about your trees. They don't care about your infrastructure. They don't care about anything else. The things that make cities cities, that make them sustainable, and the reason people want to live there, they don't care about that. Because right now, what they want is money. Right. And they don't care what the, what happens 20 years from now when right. everyone leaves because the roads are shit right. and because there's nothing here worth anything. And it's oh, just God. like, obviously, it's sad. And it's just so frustrating that these people don't see the big picture because they're just cashing out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I have a quick side note. I just got the text back from David Cox. Yeah. I messaged him. It is most definitely the Holt brothers. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. So just so the Holt brothers, which was Marianne's company that she worked before she became mayor. Then she went to um, the other construction company that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Before she was found out. Right. The one that she was working while still in city council. Well, that, that wasn't Holt brothers. That was, uh, and I can't remember the name of it. Oh, okay. it was a different construction company that she worked for. So this was before she became mayor. Then she worked for, it's, it's right on the tip of my tongue. She worked for another construction company that then a year later she quit because of, of all the pressure. So do I think that she's getting kickbacks? And that's my theory. It's not factual. I have no facts to back any of that up, but can we not look at all the same players in the room and go, right. hmm, hmm, I'm not stupid, okay? I'm not stupid. So, yeah, all of that. It's <laughs> it's so much. There's so much. And I think, I, I love what you were saying before. Yeah, we, we do need to think of it in, in broad terms and big terms of, of community and how we help each other. But until we get there, we have to be willing to dig in because the fact that we haven't dug in for so long is what got us here. And that's majority on the fault of leadership for not providing those opportunities, but we have to take ownership of it because they're not gonna just open it up. They're not just gonna, unless the, the you know, me, Josh, Jane, Megan, Wanda, unless we win and then we will open that door back. If there's just four of us, if there's just three of us, those will still not get passed. So we will continue the trajectory of not informing residents. And that means that residents need to become their own advocates. Right. The, right. the powers that be are banking on that not happening. Right. So that's why this election for me is so important. And in city, I mean, of course, everywhere, but specifically for city council, because I feel like this is the fork in the road that says we're going to care about our community. We're going to begin to to help those or we're just going to become another city that it does not give two shits about what happens. They just care about how much money they make. Right. Yep. Terrifying. It is terrifying. And like, that's why, like, I keep focusing on. At the end of the day, conversations like this are extremely divine because we are raising the frequency in the city by mm -hmm. having this conversation, by having it recorded, by having it shared out. Mm -hmm. Like it will be these little steps. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That we won't overwhelm ourselves because that's where it's burnout and then the shit does not continue and then we lose momentum and all of that. Like mm -hmm. that is not what we're doing here. I have been working on myself incredibly hard to get to this point where I can be recording these conversations, even if it's last minute, because I've set up systems and changed my lifestyle so that I can have this be my norm. So that I literally, as we were talking, because I know that this is not uncommon, right? Like a company being connected to city council and then whether or not they're still working there, like they're still connected and they're, they're just right. sucking each other's cocks. Sorry for the explicit that was honestly i shouldn't have said that but it's fine it's out there but at the end of the day like these people are just giving each other money and funneling it to each other and using their status being in government and this is not new to raleigh this is not unique to raleigh this is just common across all of the states and this country and honestly probably other countries but we're not tapping into that 
And so like people, once they recognize this, because it's like different when you're like, oh, you know, it's happening on a federal level. It just doesn't hit the same when it's like your own home city is doing the exact same thing. And then people, I think it's just so much easier to get livid about it because it is happening at your door. And then it's like, obviously you can choose to look away. You can choose to, um, and obviously some people just don't have the energy to do a lot with it, but you know, there's people like us who clearly have that privilege and we are using it to Mm -hmm. benefit the greater collective. We are not using our privilege to just continue to benefit ourselves. We are using it to benefit the greater good. And I do believe that the universe reciprocates that energy and reciprocates what it is that our intentions are and it will happen slowly and surely little Mm -hmm. steps more conversations more people being in the know like that is more powerful than what it is that they're doing you know like at the end of the day that building can crumble but when we are connected and we are on we are like with this strong intention of just living a good life and respecting each other and being at peace with another one another like that is so strong that remember that we're not these are not mutually exclusive things right you know how we tie this in is yes they can be shaking hands and giving each other money this is what allows city council to be paid so little Right, right. Those relations exactly. happen. So when you dismantle those systems and you say, okay, we're going to change this so that anyone can be, now you bring people in who are not necessarily, I'm not saying they'll never be influenced because that's politics. It's something right. everybody gets infiltrated. Right. That's, who you, that's why you put term limits in so that those, that shit can't happen. So you say, okay, you get two terms and then we need new blood. But yep. when you don't do that, you find what you have now on the federal level where you have people there for 30 fucking years. Right. Our president, who's been in politics for like 38 years, and I'm like, good God, we've watched your opinion change all like you've done circles on your opinion and you've gone this way and this way and this way. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying like everybody has evolves and they change and I get that. But we need government that has fresh blood, that has opinions, that it's representative of the working class that it represents. Right. And when you don't have that, we have what we have now, disillusionment from residents who don't want to be involved. And then our democ- Then what is democracy? If you're not going to be involved in your own governing, if you're not going to be learning these things, then what prevents us from becoming in authoritarian society because we're like a sneeze away from being that right now as a country. Yeah. So anywho, I know you have just like two hours, so I don't want to. Oh, I mean, I have time. I have time to talk. Do you feel like we should talk more about the parks bond or do you feel like we've. I could go on for days about the parks bond girl. (laughs) Um, I think the only other thing that I wanted to make sure, I don't know. I have notes. I'm sorry. I'm pulling over. Oh yeah. Go for it. I'm going to grab something real quick. Yeah, sure. I talked about the 12 million center. I may have hit everything. Dicks. Uh, guarantees the DHHS building. Yeah. Oh, being highly gentrified. Yeah. I think we've hit on almost everything here. Hmm. 
I think the only thing that I didn't get to talk about um, <laughs> and that I'd love to, to put on the record is that when I met with Dick's Conservancy and we were talking and I asked them, I said, look, maybe I don't understand something. Why are there two park boards? Why do you need your own? Why can't you be part of the already existing park board? Right. And they said, oh, well, Dix isn't a typical city park and the city can't handle all of the staffing and all of the needs that we have as a park. And I said, okay. So then we continue our conversation, da, 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 da. I then said, towards the end of it, I said, cool, all right. You guys are different. I get it. Why couldn't this have been two bonds? Why couldn't you have done a parks bond for the city parks that needed it and do a Dick's bond? And then let the people decide if they wanted to fund a public-private partnership or and or if they wanted to fund the city parks. Right. Why wouldn't you do two? Then have the best of both worlds. And their response to me was, oh, well, Dick's is a city park. And I said, you may not have it both ways. You cannot say we're more than a city park, which is why we need a separate board. And then say, oh, but we're only a city park, which is why we need to be on the same bond. Right. That's having your cake and eating it too. Right. And it's unacceptable because you're just cherry picking what you want and making sure that you get everything when the rest of the park system does not. Right. So I find them very, I got, oh, the, the, the executive director after our conversation said, I want to sit down and have coffee with you. And I went, let's do it. So I went, had coffee with her, talked about the same things, said the same things over and again, because she really wanted me to be a yes on the bond. And I was like, well, make me a yes. Like, change my mind. Maybe I'm thinking of everything all wrong. But so far, every question that I've asked you, you haven't been able to sway me. Right. So I'm still a no. Um, but I hope if I get on council, we can continue having these conversations, you know, so that we can better understand each other. So then she says... I said, what if the parks bond fails? What about, what happens to you guys at that point? She said, well, contracts have already been signed. And so the city would be responsible for what they have already promised. And so I sat back because that was a, a big statement to, to deal with at the moment. Right. And I said, um, okay go on. And she said, a lot of people have put a lot of money. No one is going to guarantee a matching fund. So donors aren't going to make that pledge unless there are guarantees. And so I said, okay, so as a rich person, I wouldn't make a guarantee unless I knew that this was going to, the, the city was going to hold up their end of the bargain. Right. And so afterwards I sat down on my computer after we left and I said, Hey, thanks so much for the conversation. I just want to confirm what you said. You said that prom pretty much promises have been made and that the city would be responsible for those that that money whether or not the bond passes. Who signed those contracts? Who was responsible for saying yes to that agreement? To which she called me an hour after I sent that. And I was like, oh, she's calling because she doesn't want to type this out. She doesn't want right. this written down. And right. her response to me, which is nothing profound because she's not going to admit to anything. Right. She said, I'm really impressed that you caught that. But 
And I was like, pardon me? Okay. And she said, um, I'm just saying it would look really bad for the city. And I was like, but the way you made it sound is that if the bond fails, the city still owes you money. That's what you made it sound like. And if that's true, where is the money going to come from? If we don't have a bond, if the bond fails, where do they pull that money from to make sure that their end of the bargain is lived up to? To which she didn't really respond to that. But I thought it was super interesting to add that layer of complexity to where I called David Cox and I was like, did you sign something? Did you sign a paper saying that you would pay dicks whether or not the bond passed? And he was like, no, I did not. <laughs> that did not happen. And I went, okay. Then he goes, but that doesn't mean there aren't verbal conversation or verbal right. contracts between others. Right. And I went, oh, oh. So this sign could be a verbal, just quid pro quo kind of thing right. happening. Right. So my fear then I, cause I was thrown for a like tumultuous, my brain just fell apart. I was like, Christina, if Dix is going to get the money either way, then the only ones to suffer are the city parks. Because if we don't fund the city parks, then Dix is still going to be funded and our parks are, are, are not going to get what they need. Oh my God, do I switch my vote? And David Cox, when I talked to him about it, he said, Christina, don't switch your vote. This is one bond. And if it fails and we need another, we'll make another bond. Like we'll put another one through that is better. That is a better bond. Do not change your or sway your thinking because it looks like they're manipulating the system. Right. No, we have fine parks and we will be just fine. Right. We have to wait another two years. Right. And I was like, okay. So having that conversation made me realize they were trying to manipulate me, trying right. to make me feel right. like, like I was the root of all evil by mm -hmm. saying no to this bond, that it would be solely on my shoulders if the bond fails and that mm -hmm. I was punishing the entire park system. And the reassurance that, that David Cox gave me to say, okay, cool. I'll take it on. Right. I'll be that person. You want to be that? You want me to be that person for you? Cool. I'll be your scapegoat. That's fine. Right. And that's heavy, you know? Yeah. And they, yeah. that, the manipulation that happens, that's just, oh, I want to be really nice to you. And then it's this backhanded, like, I'm going to make right. shit. Right. With a smile on my face. I'm like, right. This is politics right here. Right. I here. mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's what this country is founded on, isn't it? Just manipulation and games. And the fact that that they are, there are people that nobody knows. You know, you, you can know your counselors. You can know right, this, this right, group right. and then say, oh, I know who John Cain is. I know who this. And you feel like you know, but you have no idea. Right. It's, it's, some, it's some deep, deep, deep shit. And it's like. Yeah. There's people who are funding stuff who make sure that their faces are never shown and they use other people to make their faces known. And that's exactly what this current city council, mm -hmm. these people are definitely just faces for this whole backlog of people who use their, and, and it's so funny because I remember when um, Mary Ann Baldwin, I guess in some statement said that there's like some dark money out there. And I was like, um, you mean you <laughs> like 
You're Even the one. David Knight tried to say that in an email about me that I was being funded by dark money. And I was like, projecting much? Because yeah, right. You have like $200,000. I have like 20. Okay. <laughs> so my dark money funders are giving me $200. <laughs> Not $20,000 each. Right. So yeah, they, they project everything that they're already doing. Yeah. And it's, it's insane. So on the part, I think I've covered everything on the part. Do you have any questions that I can answer for you about the parks one? Um, honestly, I don't have a lot of questions. Not to say I didn't know everything that you shared, but obviously I was pretty like, I knew enough to be like, yeah, like, you know, especially like Heritage Park, they are a part of the plan if this bond moves forward to be pushed out. Of course, I don't want anyone to be pushed out. I don't want especially people who are already living in affordable housing to be pushed out. And I hope that they are not. And I hope that this bond does not pass. And I hope that people get educated more before they go and vote so that they do vote properly and that people vote no on the park bond and understand mm -hmm. that this is not about people saying no to parks, but it's about people saying no to the bond, yes. which creates certain limitations and it creates certain consequences for people. And a lot of the people who are voting um, are most likely not going to be negatively impacted by the bond. Mm -hmm. And that's the other part is that like, I want more people to invest in the knowing that just because something is not affecting you doesn't mean that it's negatively, or it doesn't mean that it's not going to negatively impact someone else downstream. Mm -hmm. And that it's about doing the right thing. It's about investing in the long term. It's about investing in the community. It's about knowing what's happening in your community. I want more people to set the intention to really know what is going on, to start asking questions, to start attending meetings, to start listening for patterns and to start listening for when things don't sit right in your heart and for when things don't make sense and to question that and to continue questioning that and to um, know that these conversations need to happen and that it might be boring sometimes, but it's about having the knowledge, having the discipline, having the interest, having the curiosity, having the conversations, having the passion, having the love for your neighbor, knowing that there is so much that we can do, that there is so much that we don't know that we're still all learning. And from learning from sources like Christina Jones, from someone who's literally in the center of it going through what it is that you're going through and knowing that there are just people trying to live a good life, do a good thing. And that there are all these people who just don't want that and how much power we have when we come together to make sure that we keep these people as accountable as we can, knowing that they may never take responsibility, but at least knowing that this is what has happened these are the people who are condoning it. These are the people that we need to stop supporting. No matter if people like Christina Jones wins, we continue to support Christina in what it is that you're doing, supporting other candidates who, if they don't win, supporting them in what they do, talking to them, reaching out to them, reaching out to your local 
candidates who have run during this race to just work with them because most of the people who are running right now are a lot. There are people who have been doing stuff in the community. Um, I'm just going to list it out real quick. Um, Terrence Ruth for mayor, um, Mary Black for District A, Meg Patton for District B, Wanda Hunter for District C, Jane Harrison for District D, Christina Jones for District E, and at-large members Joshua Bradley, and Franklin, Portia Rochelle. These are all people that even if they don't win, even if they win, even if they don't win the seat that they're running for, reach out to them, talk to them. This game, this life does not end after this elections. Mm -hmm. There's still so much to be done. As you can tell, this is not going to be just changed overnight. Even if the right people go into these chairs at the end of the day, there's still so much to be done. And it's not just on these people's shoulders. This is on all of us and find your piece in this puzzle Mm -hmm. It doesn't, you don't have to do grand things. You just have to do one of the things at least and figure out what vibes with you, what it is that you want to do, what it is that you like to do, what it is that you care about. How and you the can... biggest thing to do is listen. Yes. It's not even about having to do an action. You know, right. A lot of us commit. I go to every city council meeting. I got that, but you don't have to do that. Right. Just listen. Right. Listen and understand, listen to understand right. and don't listen to a reply. Right. No, right. that's the biggest thing without having to feel, we all have busy lives. We right. all have it. And, and not everybody can commit to doing anything, you know, right. you've got stuff going on. But when, if you can commit to listening and understanding to be able to help further that message, that is invaluable. Like yeah. that's how we push ourselves forward. You can't right. shut it out because it makes you uncomfortable because talking about gentrification hurts your feelings. Like, <laughs> sorry for your luck. Like this is the reality and we have to have these difficult conversations and we have right. to come up with a plan and you under, as, as the voter understanding that and being able to vote for progress instead right. of voting for regressive policies right. that keep us, keep the working class pushed down. Right. At, no, you can live over there. You can go live outside the city and commute in all this. Oh, we're going to make this transit, this rapid bus system. You're just trying to bus in underpaid workers to your, to your work, to your jobs, right. you know, having those discussions and furthering that message is going to go, it's going to help Raleigh. It's not just help a candidate. It's not just help you as a resident. It's going to help the entire city grow and succeed. Right. And it, and these I mean, city council knows mm -hmm. and maybe more people just just average people need to know that like Raleigh is ultimately a capital and what it does is set a precedence for other people. Mm -hmm. And we don't want certain things to be normalized. We don't need a lot of things to be normalized. There's already enough violence in this country that's normalized and mm -hmm. we just need to stop the cycle by start doing something different. It can literally be the smallest thing. Nobody has to know about it. You need to know about it. You need to know what it is that you're doing, being conscious, being aware, learning, listening, 
educating, getting fired the fuck up. Like people need to get more lit up about this stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we need to get more lit up as a collective about the things that are happening. And I know a lot of people have, you know, their work lives and their personal lives that are kind of, uh, you know, sometimes it can distract from what is truly going on and recognizing that the work is not always about, am I showing up to work on time? It's more about, am I doing the work to be a better person, to be a better neighbor, to be a better friend? Like work does not always have to be about giving into the capitalistic system, to the consumerism. Mm -hmm. Work is also about just doing the right thing in the grand scheme of things and living a good life and hoping that everyone around you is living a good life. Like the universe sees everything. If you believe in God, God sees everything. Mm -hmm. And when you are doing good and you are not only investing in things like capitalism and consumerism and colonization, God sees that God, the gods, if you Mm -hmm. believe in multiple gods, like the gods, our ancestors, spirit, the divine angels, they're all around us and they see what it is that we're doing. It might be scary to do something new, but the thing is, it's always worth it because there will always, today, I was just talking to this person at IHOP and, you know, at first it was kind of awkward for both of us, but it, you know, it was a fine conversation. They were just very young and very sweet. And it was a really chill, good conversation. And then this little baby American bulldog came through and I was just like, look at that. The universe rewards with this cute little baby puppy, just like licking me and all of this. And I'm just like, see, like our youth is just so beautiful. And like the energy, whether it's awkward, it can become something so beautiful whatever it is, whatever situation you find yourself in, like, listen to the signs that the universe gives you, like, you will know that you are doing the right thing, that you are on the right path. When these little signs show up, maybe it's a beautiful butterfly. Maybe it's a little bird. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's all these different things that pop up. Like the universe always sending you a sign that you're doing the right thing, that you're on the right path. So just know that like, we are here for you. There's other forces out there that are here for you. You will only feel better when you do better. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's a hundred percent true. Well, I have to get going because I have to put my kids to bed now. So yes. thank you so here. much for coming on. Love these conversations. Yes. Love- and on, on uh, one of the final thoughts, um, it's because of you that I even realized that I could go into the state legislature. Like that broke a wall that I didn't even know I had up because mm. I have the general assembly. And in my mind, that's somewhere else in my mind. Mm. I'm like, Oh, that's the state and forgetting that we're the capital city. Wait, it's right down there and I can go whenever I want. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> that opens up this whole new world that you're like people from all across the state don't have this they don't have this benefit to be able to be in the middle of government as it's happening and how do we take that responsibility on as the capital city and make sure that all those voices around the city around the state get heard you know we're not doing the work we're not doing the work right now and we have to be able to inspire the next generation to make this normal 
because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't normal when I was growing up, you right. know. So we got to change that. Right. Also, you being on TikTok, that's that's a plus right there. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been great. I don't have a ton of followers, but that's okay because it's really about documenting all of my thoughts. Yes. And when people are ready, they can look at it. You know, right. labeling them, being like, "This is what we're talking about." I mean, if I get on council, girl, I'm gonna be that like. Hey guys, here we are at council because that's how we have to council right now. We'll say, Oh, we got to meet people where they are. And I'm like, you're not even meeting people where they are. Okay. You're not even trying. Like that's ridiculous. So yeah. So Wait, anyhow, I mm -hmm. will say one thing you can put your TikTok videos on YouTube, which I think if you can, I recommend doing that and shift, not shifting over, but like uploading them onto YouTube as well. Okay. Because there are a lot more people on YouTube. Like, for example, I'm not on TikTok. And there's a lot of videos I've seen of TikTok on YouTube. So if you can, maybe it's screen recording. But I would say, like, maybe you should look into putting that on YouTube just to expand yeah. the amount of people who can see it. That's a weird well, idea. I have to go yeah. into the YouTube world. I've never, my daughters want to do YouTube. I've never even thought about it. So that's a great point. I'll have to, I'll, I'll need your advice because I don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm definitely here to help you with that. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for coming on. This is such a beautiful conversation. I mean, as always. And I wish you a great night and beautiful sleep to your whole family. And I will talk to you soon. Four days, man. Four days. On election night, we'll be at uh, Bloomsbury Bistro. If, But I know you and hopefully or Wanda are going to be celebrating. Yeah. Are you are you planning on joining us? I'll be at the Bloomsbury for for my race because um, that's in District E and it's got some local um, my neighbors who own that restaurant. So oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be down there that night. But I'll call you. Let's be in contact. Yes. That night. So yes, have fun. I'll let you know like about where we're going, which you're obviously welcome to come through with your family. So mm -hmm. yes, all right. Have a good night. We'll see you soon. Yes, yeah, see you soon. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you.